we've been on this about the church has to rise. So here we go. Two words, armor up. Everybody shout it, armor up, armor up. All right? Got to, come on, you got to get, got to dust it off. Armor up, armor up. Uh, you want to read the scripture if you can see it or send your notes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Read it out loud with me. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, uh, Logan, remember Kids Church? All right, remember Kids Church? So, uh, anybody else? Say, you remember Kids Church, right? You're an old man now, but all that. Say, how old are you now? How many? 15? You are old. Wow. God bless Devin and Brad. Jesus, Jesus, bless them. 14, 15, and 17. You just turned 18. Today's your birthday? That's right. That's right. That's right. Logan. So you remember Kids Church. We used to have, we had different kids pastors over the years, but uh, anybody remember Cindy Martin? Anybody remember Sister Cindy Martin? She went on to be with the Lord Jesus uh, uh, 2015. And uh, what, a, what a servant she and her husband, John, were. But one of, the, one of the great moments, Kids Church, okay? Does anybody remember Cindy bringing the kids up on the platform? Because we used to. I mean, we can get the choir back together. We will. We're on the verge of it. And singing, I am a Christian. You remember that song? Logan, you say, I love that song. You want to sing it with me? You want it? No? That's it. You ready? Okay. All right. Everybody else sing it with you. Okay. Logan's singing this. Everybody else join. It's easy. You repeat what I say. All right. And the kids used to sing this. You remember this song? You remember it? You remember? I, am I am a Christian. Okay. Now that is basically the way we do this song. All right. All right. But you're supposed to sing it really loud and strong. Here we go. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Almighty, mighty Christian. Almighty, mighty Christian. I am a Christian. A mighty, mighty Christian. I got my shield of faith. Righteous breastplate. Pull up short. Here we go. Sword of the Spirit. My loins are covered with truth. Helmet of salvation. I got my gospel shoes on. Help me out now. And above all. Come on. And above all, I said above all, I'm dressed in the whole armor of God. I am a Christian. Okay, now you got it. Now I can't get you to quit. All right, so so you sang that when you were kids, if you were in uh, Cindy's uh, choir. So I want to speak about... Uh, speak heavily about armor, but I'm not going to like break it all down. I just want to say a few things and take you somewhere this morning. Uh, I, I want you to remember this time. Uh, in fact, all of us, just remember whether or not you're there or not graduating from high school. Big deal, all right? It was a big, big deal, right? Hey, Principal Copeland's here today, all right? High school graduation, a big deal, right? It's a big deal. It's like we finally get rid of these kids. No, that's not what it is. It's, it is, uh, we're making it. We're, you know, you have arrived. You completed the task. It is, it is great because it doesn't, it's not like a two-year degree. It's a 12-year degree, right? Uh, and no, you count kindergarten, it's 13 years. Uh, preschool, 14 years you've been working on this. Uh, who, who else goes 14 years to get this? And so you get the high school diploma, and really, it's not just a high school diploma. It is graduating, right? You're graduating from all of these years. I, I was, you know, gotten, getting a kick out of Mark graduating. You know, he's 22, but he started with 16. When you were 16 years old, you weren't speaking English, and you graduated from high school at Princess Anne, brother, right? And they didn't give you all your tests in... Yeah, so I, I remember high school graduation. I think we remember seasons like this because they're turning points. 
massive turning points. And I, and I want you to remember this. I have moments in my life after that, though, that are really incredible because after graduating, you know, then, you know, you're going on to college, going on to university, but I, I have these spiritual graduations too. Like I remember when God shifted something in my life personally because I thought I was going to go one particular direction and I would have been an amazing attorney. I'm just telling you, I would have done wonderfully well. But I remember the night, I remember the night in prayer when the Holy Spirit said, you know, I have been prepping you for something else all your life, and it's time for you to stop arguing with it. And that's when I shifted, and I realized that I was uh, going to study education and music, and that I was going to be a music director, and I was going to teach young people. And at that time, I didn't anticipate ever being a senior pastor. I never, that was not on the radar at all. But then the Lord shifted that particular area in my life as well. I had but a clear calling, a moment in my life when I realized also that the world was more than I thought it was. Anybody ever had a world wake-up call? Anybody ever had that when you were just kind of sailing through and you thought, no, wait, no, there's other stuff going on in the world than I realize. Um, uh, And, you know, you get enough. Don't you get enough of this? Have you ever heard anybody say, just follow your dreams? Just follow your dreams. What if you're having nightmares, you know? (laughs) Or, now, I I noticed, when is graduation? I mean, is that next week? Are you having a lot of commencement? Yeah, the 14th? Soon, right? So, most of you will not be wearing your, your Disney princess outfits. Okay, I don't know. Uh, guys, I don't know. I mean, what? There, there are some things that you've already kind of laid aside as you got to this particular point in your life. But, but you need to know some things that there are other things that you may also end up laying aside as well. Uh, but don't lay aside your faith. Can I get some parental amens right now? Don't lay aside your faith. Because you're going to be tempted to lay it down. And sometimes it's coming to church. Say, well, I've been to church all my life. We have so many kids that drop out. But this is a time now for you to take leadership. Uh, a week from Monday, not this Monday, but a week from Monday, we're inviting all high school graduates to come over to our house. So we're going to feed you. Uh, we're also inviting like identity and my, my identity crowd, all collegiate students. If I got some collegiate students, whether you're in college or not, or you're at that particular age, you know, up to like 26, 27 years old, something like that, I want you to come over to our house. We'll hang out in the backyard. We'll eat. We'll talk. We'll play, throw you in the pool, stuff like that. Uh, but I, I want to do that. And I got some purpose. Part of it is I don't want to just go away. I don't want to just, yeah, he, yeah, that was my old Pastor Rick. Remember Pastor Rick when we were kids? No, I don't want that to happen. I want you to know that your faith is really about to come alive. You thought you needed Jesus and to sing, I am a Christian. Now you really need to sing it. Now you really need the armor of the Lord because you're going to be standing uh, on the battleground. And I want to be careful the way that I phrase this. And, and all of the congratulations, I just don't want you to think that you're finished. I, I know you have an idea that you've made it, and you have. However, the reality is that you have made it through school, and you have a degree, but there are other degrees. You've been crossing levels of achievement, achievement in your life, so this is when life is getting real. So in addition to all of what you have heard and all that you have learned now as your pastor, I don't need to just tell you that because I need to tell everybody. This is not just for graduates. That's not what this is for. I want you to hear what I have to preach to you today because you need to understand that the world is getting really strange right now. It's getting really strange. You may not want to hear this, but I need to tell you. uh, Currently, your systems have been based upon what you've experienced at this point in your lives. Some of you have wounds because of what you've experienced to this particular point in your life that you need to overcome. But allow me to tell you what I have found to be true about myself. Just when I thought I knew so much, I began to realize there was so much that I needed to learn. And some of the things you currently believe, okay, 
Some of the things that you believe right now in the future, you will learn that they are lies. There's some things that you have held on and those have been coming to you say, no, that's, that's not true. No, it's, it's kind of, you'll find it relationally, especially relationally, because you'll end up pursuing a particular relationship and somebody will say, well, why are you into that right now? And, and you'll say, well, it's because of the way that I feel. And then you'll understand that you can't just live your life according to the way you feel. I don't know if any of my high school graduates or college graduates, except for Willie, I know he's married, uh, and, and Tierra, but uh, how many know what love is? Anybody know what love is? Anybody know what love is? Okay. God is love. Did you get that? God is love. You want to see an, an expression of love? It's the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross. Remember the work of Christ on the cross? Jesus went to the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So love, if you find in scripture, it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. Why do you know you're in love? I'm in love because that's the way I feel. And I want you to know that you may feel a lot of things, but it can be a lie. It might be some feelings about yourself. How many have ever thought you were just a piece of trash? Anybody ever felt that way before you? Just felt badly about yourself? And the Lord wants to come along and tell you that he doesn't make junk, that he cares about you, that he loves you, and he wants to restore you. Lots of things that you'll figure out. Now, let me tell you some truth as your pastor. I want you to be able to make money. I want you to get a good job. I want you to be happy. But I also want you to be aware because times have changed dramatically. Somebody knows I'm telling the truth right now. In the world, we are in what we have called as last days. Don't be afraid of this. This is really exciting. When I, when I say to you, I want you to realize that from everything I see in the world today, we are nearing something, a couple of things that are just really dramatic. One is... Uh, the revelation of the lawless one. The revelation of what Scripture calls the beast, what the re Scripture calls the Antichrist. Anybody ever heard of this? Okay. Uh, we're nearing that. Uh, it's going to be revealed. There's going to be a move in the, the, the very near future towards a one-world government. There will be a move towards that. I'll just, so, so that you have some understanding. Anybody got some cash in your pocket? Anybody got a dollar in your pocket? Okay, hold on to it. I don't think it's going to be very many more years that in the United States we will have no more money. That you will have calculations. Already we have microchips. How many know we got microchips? They're like really, really cool. You know, you might say, no, I'll never do that. Remember, this is scripture. This is not me guessing at things. This is what the word of God says. It doesn't use the word microchips. It says marks and marks that will be in your hand or on your forehead. And specifically, ultimately, when the beast rises up, when, when that particular figure rises up, the one world leader, when he rises up, uh, then basically it will be his microchip. It will be his number that you will be taking. And you'll say, well, that's no big deal. I don't believe all that churchy stuff. Because the other thing you will realize is the scripture speaks of it to a beast and lawless, but what we will see him as is good and kind and the answer. And we will surrender ourselves. And we're not far from this. I don't know that we've taught. Have we taught this to kids? Have we taught this to graduates? Did you learn this in school? You need to know what I'm telling you right now. You need to know this. I'm not trying to scare you, but, uh, but the, the, there's the, the one world government, the what's going on. There, there is a time. One of the things that we're going to see is a time of a deceived culture. And out of the deception... Our culture will begin to try to destroy what you grew up in, the church. The things that I'm telling you, the things that I'm preaching to you, eventually it may be outlawed. The things that I want to tell you, I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the word of God. And the things that I'm telling you right now, I've known since I was a boy. We were talking about this when I was just a little kid, and I'm like old as dirt. So this, is, this has been a message, and it's happening before my eyes. Listen, I want you to hear me, not to make you afraid, but to becoming a, sex, a successful citizen in the world, 
that there is more to being successful than having a big house and a nice car and a lot of money. I want you to have money. I want you to have a nice house. I want you to have all of those things. But more than anything, I want you to have your eternity secure. The greatest thing that I have in my life is not my car. It's not my house. Come on. It's not my bank account. It's the knowledge that I am a child of the living God. And I know that he is real and that I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And if, even, if my, even if I die, I know that I don't die because I'm going to live with him forever. So, told you all that. Still got 15 minutes. (laughs) Anybody glad that you don't have to hear the bell ring at school anymore? Anybody glad? You probably haven't heard that for a year and a half, but... Bing! What's that? You just hate that bell, yeah. (laughs) Logan's preaching again. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said something. I'm going to hear it. The Jaws theme song is the bell. Bum, 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 Wow, only in Virginia Beach. Bum, 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 bum. I had a sermon on my mind for this Sunday. And so I'm, you know, I wanted to talk about an event that took place at Micmash. It sounds like Syria, I know. Hey, Kellogg's Micmash. Sounds good, but... It's a place where a battle took place in Scripture. So, you know, I got it. I've preached on this, this story before. It's a really important one in my life. I've learned a great deal from it. And so then I went to, a, we had a minister's gathering in a town called Dublin, Virginia. Anybody ever heard of Dublin? Okay. It's like there are no restaurants in Dublin. I'm just telling you. There's a hotel, and we drove down the road to a church, but that's different. Okay. I'm just saying, just get my recommendation if you're staying in Dublin. All right. So, uh, we went, and I really wanted to go because a dear pastor friend, a, a, a bishop, uh, was going to be speaking. And he, 26 years ago, uh, and we were just really close with his family. And our kids grew up, his kids grew up about the same age. I, and I had been blessed heavily by, his, by the last sermon that I'd heard him. And I just really felt I wanted to go and hear Terry. His name's Terry Hart, Bishop Terry Hart. He's the... Bishop over in over the uh, Church of God in Alabama. Got any Alabama fans in this room? There's always somebody going, Bama, you know, somebody roll died. So see, I knew it. There you are, right there. I said that for you. So but uh, so I went to church and he somehow uh, passed me up. And so he took what I was getting ready to preach this Sunday and preached on it. That just messes you up, all right? But it was such a word of God because really it's a graduation declaration because it's about a guy named Jonathan who graduates from just being Saul's son to being victorious in his life. And it's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 14. Uh, In chapter 13, the Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand of the seashore, which is one of those statements in Scripture where it means a whole lot of people, okay? Like, they we're outnumbered, sands of the seashore. And they camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon, when the men of Israel saw their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and in cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel had not come yet to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. So setting is, there's a battle. Uh, Saul is... uh, is, is, is the king of Israel, and they're going to fight against the Philistines. How many have ever heard of the Philistines? Come on, Sunday school folk, Philistines. Goliath was what? A giant who happened to also be a Philistine, all right? So Philistines, the common, uh, constant enemy of Israel. But they had worked it out until they had so many people coming against them at this place called Michmash that... Just seeing what was against them caused them to cave in. Just looking at the army, just looking at the power that they had. Man, this is too big. We can't get through this. This is too bad. I just can't do this. So they started hiding rather than preparing to fight. 
and they hid, the, the, the scripture says, in all kinds of places. Now, there's another problem, and that is uh, earlier the Philistines had come another direction, and in verse 19, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So the Philistines had worked their way through Israel, and they had gotten rid of all of the blacksmiths so that the, the army of Israel could not arm itself. So ultimately, of all of the army, there are only two guys that have a sword. One is King Saul, and the other is Prince Jonathan. Just these two guys, nobody else. They have some armor, but they don't have swords. The armor's hanging out, but the swords would break in battle. And so they constantly had to have a blacksmith. So they got rid of all of the blacksmiths. And so Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. So since they don't have, they don't have swords, they're sharpening up all of their gardening tools. All right? Uh, so that they can garden, but they have to go to the land of the Philistines to actually get their gardening tools sharpened. And they're going back, this is old school, okay, because when Israel went through the wilderness, they didn't come with a bunch of swords and spears. They fought with their picks, they fought with, uh, with their plowshares, their axes and sickles. So, but they are having to hire Philistines to sharpen them. So when the enemy is sharpening your tools... They always end up dull. Preach, Pastor. I know. I know this is good. Verse 14 and 6. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, So they are in, in chapter 14, they have left Michmash, but the Philistines are nearby. And Jonathan and his young armor bearer are by themselves. They are separated from the rest of the army. And he says to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. That's always a strange statement, but you read it in the... Basically what they're saying, we're going to go to those who do not have a covenant with our God. We are in covenant with God. So when they make that statement, uncircumcised, what they're saying is, hey, we got to remember who we are. We are in covenant with God, and they are not. Let's go to where they are. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. And this line, this is like one of my favorite lines. You need to read this with me. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Shout that. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. You might feel outnumbered, but you and God are always a majority. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. So we got two guys in agreement. We've got Philistines that are up on a high cliff. Now they're gonna have. They're gonna just take their one sword and their armor. This guy, they don't have anything to fight with, and they're gonna go to battle against Philistines. So in verse eight, come over. We will cross over toward the men and let them see us. I'm reading a lot of the Bible. This is really cool. If they say to us, "Wait there until we come to you," we will stay where we are and not go up. But if they say, "Come up here," Then we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. If they start getting all haughty and they start threatening us, if they say, come on up here and we'll show you what's going on, then they say, we're going to use that as a sign from God that we're supposed to go. Anybody ever put a fleece out before the Lord? Anybody ever done that? Some people don't do this. But on occasion, you need to say, God, give me a sign. It's okay. Can I get a yes from somebody that's done that before? Show us what we're supposed to do. The Lord's done that with me in my life and shown me. That's one of the reasons I'm in Virginia Beach right now is because we put a fleece out before the Lord. We just had to wait on the Lord because we, we, I can't go into that story right now. But, but, but on occasion, just wait. This is what's going to happen. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistines at a Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. Remember that, crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, hey, that's our sign. <laughs> Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And then verse 13, Jonathan climbed up. Different versions say it different way. Using his hands and feet. Basically, he, he climbed up on his hands and his knees with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. And in the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Verse 15. Then panic struck the whole army. 
the sands of the seashore army, those in the camp and in the field, and those in the outposts and the raiding parties, and the ground shook. God actually sent them in an earthquake. It was a panic that was sent by God against the enemy. Saul's lookouts at Gibeon and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. And Saul said to the men who were with him, muster the forces and see who has left us. When they did it, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer who were not there. (laughs) They were the only two they couldn't find. So the Lord rescued Israel that day and the battle moved on beyond Beth-Avon. I said, my message is called what? Shout it again, armor up. So I mentioned my, my brother Terry Hart was preaching And I got so caught up in it. I loved it so much. I just took heavy notes. And so the next portion of it is a sermon portion that I am borrowing from my bro. Okay? So just so you know, pastor, do you do that sort of thing? Yes. And you should do it too. When you hear a prophetic word, write it down. So uh, portions. Okay? The battle is on. Somebody shout it. The battle is on. If you don't recognize it. If you are a believer in Jesus and a student of his word, I don't know what hole you have been hiding in. And the enemy knows that Almighty God is about to make a major move. I'll restate that. The enemy knows that Almighty God is about to make a major move. Does anybody know what that major move is? Does anybody know? Jesus is coming back again. Almighty God is about to make a major move. So the enemy is pulling out all of the stops. Satan is not holding anything back. You might say, no, it's it's just the way things are. No, the enemy is pulling out all of the stops. This isn't a picnic. This isn't a tea party or a playground where we're standing right now. It is a battleground. It isn't a simulation. It isn't one of your war games. It isn't a fight until we get tired and go home. We are not in a fight until we just get tired. This is a battle until we die or go home with Jesus because he has returned for us. Jesus. And this battle is about territory. I mentioned Micmash. It's about territory. This is not, there is no consolation prize. It is winner take all. And it is about spiritual forces that intend to dominate the world in which you and I live in. And Satan wants it all. He doesn't want to be like God. Satan wants to be God. Satan doesn't want to wound the church. He wants to destroy your church. And he is trying to do everything in his power to nullify you. This is real. So if I could tell you anything today, yes, have a good time. I'm I'm speaking now. Come on. Have a good time. Enjoy your life. Have a good home. Have a good family. Acquire a good job. Build a legacy. But build a legacy of godliness and righteousness. But listen again to my title this morning. If I can tell you anything, listen. Don't just wave your diploma. You need to wave the sword of the Lord. You need to be armed with the armor of God. And this is not just a kid's song. That's not what we're talking about. This is the real deal. Some of you have been wounded. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been busted up. You got through high school by the skin of your teeth. You're tired. You're weary. And some of the wounds that you experienced when you were in school are still heavy. Listen to me. That was the enemy trying to destroy you. But also understand this. God allowed it so you would realize that you can't do this thing by yourself. You need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God to lead you and guide you and heal you. Somebody shout armor up. up. I I don't like to talk too much about Satan. It's not one of my favorite things to do, but, but some of us have forgotten that we've, that there is even a devil. We thought, no, that's just kid stuff. But it's true. Has anybody ever read the Bible? Have anybody ever read it? How many have ever read the Bible? Okay, read the rest of it. Okay, read the rest of it. Uh, some people think, you know, I know what the enemy, the enemy is the president. Or the enemy is the government. Or the enemy is the news media. Listen, so you understand, as time progresses, the enemy's intent is to lead all government. So the enemy's plan is to control the government. If anybody know the Bible, we'll look at somebody and say, he's telling the truth right now. He's telling the truth. Okay? 
So, so, you know, for me, you know, I, I struggle watching the news. I just, I do. But I try to listen to it with an ear towards heaven. You don't ever get good news. I mean, you never, you know, the news broadcast, it's a beautiful day and things are going great and there's nothing to worry about. You would turn it off because we are addicted to hurt and pain. We are addicted. That's why we watch it. That's why they have advertisement promotion because they know that, you know, they they never on the weather channel, they don't come up and say, look, don't ever worry about the weather. Everything's going to be good. And even if there's a storm that you're going to get through, it's not going to be. They never say that. Never. It's, and, and some of it has to do with uh, just getting you to listen. But across the board, what we're seeing is the enemy clearly has a plan in the last day. So make no mistake about it. The enemy is Satan, and he's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So uh, there's just a few things that I want to tell you swiftly. The plan of the enemy is to bring you distress to disable you and to discourage you. Distress, disable, and discourage. Say it. Distress, disable, and to discourage. So I say distress. The, the Bible says that the, the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, so they hid in caves and thickets and rocks and pits and cisterns. Uh, there's a lot of mess going out in the world. Okay, so, I mean, the economy, you know, again, just watch a little news. It's scary out there. It's like, watch news go hide. Anybody ever heard of something that's called COVID? Anybody ever heard of COVID? Okay. Anybody tired of COVID? Anybody just tired of COVID? Anybody just tired? I mean, somebody gives a COVID declaration. It's like, really? Do we have to talk about COVID again? Tired of it. I mean, in school, I mean, it was weariness. Uh, and for, but for me, uh, pastorally, I'll just give you, I'll give you this truth. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm tired. I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of the last year and a half or so. I'm just weary of it, just tired. And when it hit me at the beginning, when everything was going on, I just, it was just tiresome. Uh, so many people I wanted to take care of. I couldn't. I, there's still people I haven't spoken to yet. And, and out of it, you know, there's one other thing that I found. I'm going to tell you this. This is a secret. Don't use this against me. I can't please everybody. I just can't. But it's my job, evidently, to please everybody. But, I mean, with COVID, I've been pulled this way and this way and this way and this way. Are my ears longer? Because I think people have pulled on my ears, my nose. I just feel like constantly pulled in this direction. I have to constantly listen to the Lord or I will live perpetually in stress and anxiety. I would have quit if it wasn't for Jesus. Anybody else been there? I'm not saying I was thinking about quitting. I'm just saying I've always had Jesus. Listen, the enemy is constantly adding to your stress. Anybody been stressed? Anybody had anxiety? Where are you? Where's my anxious folks? Where are you? Come on, lift your hand. Don't be ashamed. I got both of my hands up. Anybody had that? So when you are living in stress and anxiety, that's a good sign that the enemy may be playing games in your life. And disability, disabled. The, so you understand when, when the army hides in caves and thickets among the rocks and pits and cisterns, this is evidence of what the way that the enemy works. He wants us to hide. He wants to disable us. The intent of the enemy is to drive the church underground. He wants the influence of God's people to become white noise until nobody is listening to us because we have... Nothing of power to say anymore. Satan wants us to lay down our sword and beg the enemy to give us permission to say something. Satan wants the message of the church to just be another message. He wants me to be quiet about the truth. He wants me to buy a message from him. He wants me to say, Satan, can I please say this? And just push the word of God to the side. Some of you get that because there are individuals that love it when I don't say anything with strength or anything with power. People who just love it when I just take sinful things and unrighteous things. Pastor, please don't talk about this being pride month. Please don't say anything about it because if you do, you'll get us all in trouble and we won't be able to have church anymore. But since I brought it up, 
Do you know why they call it Pride Month? Because they're ashamed. You say, no. Yes. How many have been in sin? Anybody ever been in sin? Have you ever felt shame in your life? Have you ever felt it? Here's the struggle. We're trying to move our culture to a place where we have no more shame. And we keep finding the wrong way. Here's how we do it now. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing. You just throw your shoulders back and your head up high. And you do what you want to do. And do it the way you want to do it. And it's destructive. How do you overcome shame? By confessing your sin to the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Listen, my brothers and sisters, listen, those of you who are struggling with same-sex attraction, I love you too much to tell you to be proud of your sin. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you right where you are, and you can overcome that brokenness by the power of Jesus. Yes, you might have been born broken, but Jesus wants you to be born again. Ah, oh, preach, Pastor Rick. Someone, he wants us to lay our weapons down. He wants me to, he wants me to just, here's something else. In verse 19, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land. And this is, this is my concern about what's going on in the world right now. The enemy is trying to destroy all the blacksmiths. People that build swords for you to carry. So I want to show you something. Anybody see that? There's a target on my back. Anybody see that? Did you see it? Pastor Preston, our families, there's a target on our back. Teachers, some of you leaders. Many, well, how many believers? Believers in the room? Any believers in the room? Anybody that believe Jesus is the Son of God? Anybody believe that? Anybody believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That there is no other way to heaven except through and by Him? He is the way and the truth and the life. Anybody believe that His Word is true? Anybody believe that? Not the way that you interpret it, but His Word is true. His word is absolutely the truth. If you believe that and you proclaim that, then you are arming other people with the word of God. So there's the target so that not a blacksmith can be found in the whole land. But folks, I think we need to come out and we need to build swords and shields. Anybody believe that? We need to go ahead and arm one another. The preachers, you see, I think are not preaching with swords or spears. A lot of us, we're carefully choosing our words so as not to offend the enemy. We refuse to call godlessness godlessness or, or the people might leave us. We're dancing around topics and we're entertaining people. We're really living. We're really just disabled. The enemy wants us to blend into the landscape to, because he wants to drive us underground and just wait for the end. Don't say anything, pastor, but folks, I refuse to live disabled. And we're discouraged, so discouraged that we become unable to do battle. We've lost and we're finished, afraid to speak, afraid to teach our children, afraid to be men and women of God, afraid to love people enough to speak the message of the gospel, feeling as if we have no other choice. I, you know, I know I've painted a difficult picture but I'm in the presence of some young men and women. Come on, some brothers and sisters, some grandpas and grandmas. I'm in the presence of some people that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just really one thing that jumps at me again. I want to tell you it is time to armor up. No matter how frightened you are, no matter what has happened in your life, it is time to armor up. Somebody shout it, armor up. And then we see the turning point just takes one young man, Jonathan, to say, come on, let's go. What interests me about this scripture is Jonathan is speaking to his armor bearer. And then the armor bearer responds, do all that you have in mind. I'm with you heart and soul. Now pay attention. He is the armor bearer. He takes his sword and places it in his hand. He puts on his helmet. He puts on his shoes. This is a beautiful picture of Holy Spirit. Anybody ever pray like I do, come Holy Spirit? Anybody ever pray that way, come Holy Spirit, I need you? This is a picture. Why does the armor bearer say this? It's because he's there to serve him, to stand with him, to walk with him, to make sure that he has what he needs to have. Folks, don't excommunicate the Holy Spirit from the house of God. Don't. Or from your life. Or when you go home, make sure Holy Spirit is with you. Why does the armor bearer say this? It's because he has come to make sure that he is victorious in battle. Let's look at that scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. 
Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power and in his mighty power. And put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Stop. Stop. Just stop there. Finally, somebody shout, my brethren. Okay, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, people. Finally, my family, my brethren. Can I, I'm going to give you a quick tip. God never intended for you to fight this battle by yourself. I just grabbed that scripture where it says, my brethren, I wanted to speak to you and remind you that the context of this is the armies that they were aware of. Great armies fought shoulder to shoulder with their shields in their hands and their swords out together. They stood and defended one another. Stop trying to do this by yourself. Listen, don't leave the church. Don't leave the house. Don't just walk out. Don't say, this isn't for me. You have to know that you need each other. How many have ever been gone for a little too long before? Anybody ever done that? And you, you isolate yourself. You stop seeking the Lord. You stop singing the praises of God. And you think, why do I feel so weak? And the enemy attacks you. Folks, we need one another. I need you to stand shoulder to shoulder with me. I need to stand with you. You need to stand with each other. We're going to fight this battle against the devil together. And we together are going to be victorious. Take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Why do you keep talking about Satan? I'm not. I want you to know that we are in a highly populated spiritual culture. There are things that are going on in the world that you are not aware of because you only see with your natural eyes. Division, covenant division is the operation of the enemy. It's the operation of the enemy to destroy you, to destroy your homes, destroy your kids. The enemy wants to destroy you so he can destroy your offspring. He wants to destroy you. He's not just after you. He's after everyone that comes after you. Anybody see those pretty pictures Diane and I put up? Devin took those pictures. She, Devin, you are an amazing photographer. I just, you made me look okay. Okay, and that's pretty amazing. Mama, good to have you here. So Devin's mom sitting right next to her. Listen, those were so good. So we uh, we we go out of town. And everybody's walking up, telling us how good we look, and and uh, kind of enjoyed that. But just so you know, some of those pictures were a little like I love my wife or something like that. Standing there looking in her eyes and stuff like that. Put that right on social media for people to watch. Dev and Kelly, they got us out there. Pastor, now look over, look over at her. Look over your sweetheart. And I didn't have a problem with it. I said, yeah, could we take pictures the rest of the afternoon? I mean, that'd be okay with me. So why do you do that? Why do you, you know, why, why? Because some of you don't have an example of what it looks like to be in a godly relationship. Or to love. So, you know, there's some men, you're old men, and you still don't know how to love your bride. So I will show you. I'm preaching good stuff right here. I said the enemy is a schemer. Did you hear what I'm saying? And there are forces that are destroying us, destroying our homes, destroying our children. And so you know I'm not the only one with the bullseye. The enemy wants to destroy you, and he's already after your relationship, and you haven't even met your boyfriend yet. Right? So I'm going, to, I'm going to make a stand against all of these spiritual forces. And I'm going to do that by putting on the armor of the Lord. And we already sang the song at the beginning of the message. We already sang that, sang that kid's song, all right? But he says, put on the full armor. We'll go back and talk about that another time. Don't have time to talk about all of it. But he says, therefore, because of this, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. Say those three words with me. Stand your ground. Shout it. Stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. And then he goes in with the belt of truth, with the breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And he goes on to the shield of faith that can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take all of this and take a stand. Listen, you say, I don't know how to do this. Just say, welcome, Holy Spirit, for now. Would you do that? Welcome, Holy Spirit, because you got an armor bearer. The spirit of God is going to stand with you, walk with you into battle, and you're going to be victorious if you 
He'll make your stand. And if you're struggling, find me. Find other brothers and sisters. Get together. Pray every day. Got any families in this house? You need to pray with your family every day. And not one of these just quick little Jesus, you're good, and we love you, and help us, and give us good food, amen. No, I mean, pray, seek the face of God, read the word of the Lord, get armed with the Lord's. Okay, I think I'm about done. So I'm, in saying this, I've set you up. If you're going to take a stand, the last thing you need, you need to crawl out of your hole. Crawl out of your hole. I want to bust on you for your hole. Because when I told you about the numbers, I want you to know that some of you are in your hole and you don't even know why you're afraid. You just are. You just are. You're struggling. You're in pain. You got hurt. You got anxiety. You just it's like you've crashed. And you don't know what to do. But when the Philistines saw the Hebrews take a step of faith, when he saw just two guys, Jonathan and his armor bearer, crawl out, they said, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes. Because when you start crawling out, look around the room. Other people will start crawling out with you. Your hole. It's where you are because the enemy has threatened you. It's not a profitable place. It's not a joyful place. You're not a worshiper. You're not an evangelist. You're not teaching your children the truth about who Jesus is. You're not making a stand in the world where the, where the church is all but lost. One more little story, and I'll pray for you. But You might remember this. Years ago, before there was a Walmart at Hilltop, there was a Kmart. Anybody remember Kmart? Anybody who remembers Kmart is older than you think. And there's still like the oldest post office in the world is over there still. It's still there. Years ago, we used to have a post office box. That's where the church got its mail. And I had a 1983 powder blue Thunderbird. And I was pulling, making a left turn right there in front of Kmart. And a car pulled out of a parking place and nearly hit me. And I laughed. I said, yes, yeah. And he didn't like that. He didn't appreciate my spiritual gift of sarcasm at all. And, and so he pulled over and cut me off. You probably heard this story, but he cut me off in, in tra- right there in front of the post office. Pulled his car right in front of me and got out. And my wife was in the car with me. And I rolled my windows up and locked my doors. All right? I'm ashamed, but I did. And then I rolled my window down about that much. Because he had some things to say to me. And so he came over and told me about... You know, I probably got my the old school. You got where you get your driver's license in a Cracker Jack box. Anybody know what that is? Okay, so anyway, and uh, saying things about me and what a bad driver I was, and I never got angry. Anybody know me? Anybody know me? Anybody know me really well? I say you know, though. So I, it just kind of, it kind of made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> And sometimes you got to control those spiritual gifts in your life, all right? Because the window is down a little bit. And finally he paused. Big guy, big guy, work boots on. You know, looked, he paused and I said, well, look, if you're done telling me how bad of a driver I am, can I be on my way now? Okay, bad idea, all right? Really bad idea. Because he then picked up his work boot and stomped in my door put a big dent in the side of my door, looked at me, jumped in his car and took off, which I got his driver's license and thought I would go to the payphone. Anybody remember those? I went to the payphone and called the police. And they told me uh, uh, the guy, that license plate is to a guy that is in jail right now. And I said, well, he's not in jail, all right? And so I, no, I guess press, charges were never pressed or anything. So I want to tell you, um, anybody can be brave hiding behind a locked door. Did you hear me? Anybody can be brave. I mean, if Preston was with me, I'd just, Preston, get him. But I'm saying that there is a spiritual battle 
And some of you have the enemy yelling at you. And all we do, the more that he yells us and threatens at us, is we become more and more anxious. Can I get an amen? We become more and more threatened, and we just roll up our windows, and we hide, and we say, as long as the enemy is threatening me, I will just sit right here. And I'm telling you, it's time to get out and face down the enemy. That's what the armor of the Lord is about. Put your armor on. Go with the Holy Spirit. Get back into the word. Get out of your sin. Restore your relationship with Jesus. Stand in your faith. Get into discipleship. Know who you are through the work of the cross. Be filled with the spirit of God. Get out of the hole you've been hiding in. Get your home back. Get your ministry going. Get your life back. Get Satan off your back. Pick a fight with the devil. Get your ministry going. Do something in the kingdom. Crawl out of your hole. Get your home back. Your family back. Come on, somebody shout amen. It's time for the church to rise up, armor up, and be who God has called us to be. Stand with me. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done. That was good. Praise God. Praise God. I, yeah. I'm, praise God. That was good. Praise God. I think people are just crazy sometimes. Anybody ever thought that? I mean, when people talk about the one thing I want to do is to jump out of an airplane, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Anybody understand that? I don't get that, okay? So let me tell you something I never plan to do. I never plan to jump out of an airplane, all right? All right? It just doesn't make sense. I, for one thing, I'm going to get nauseous on the way down, and that's not going to be pretty. But... Um, I think that the Lord has placed inside of you, listen to this, I believe that the Lord has placed inside of you a sense of spiritual adventure. I'm going to say that again. He has placed inside of you a sense of spiritual adventure. Can you write that down in in your heart? And sometimes we are pursuing other adventures and they are never fulfilling. Folks, my stories of adventure, the things that God has done in my life, you know I could go on for the rest of the day, one story right after another about somebody who got saved that was more lost than you could possibly imagine. There, listen, I have seen people set free from everything I think imaginable. I've seen the sick healed. I've been healed. So why don't we see sick healed anymore? When was the last time you went and prayed for somebody? Well, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does? I have seen people give their life to Jesus and have their life completely turned around. In fact, some of you are standing right here in the congregation right now. You don't have to shout amen. People who have been so destroyed by the enemy, abused, sexually molested in every way imaginable. I have seen people totally set free. He said, Pastor, but you mentioned some things about same-sex attraction. I'm not busting on folks like that because I have seen God set them free. And Somebody shout amen. We have seen God set them free. We have people that are leaders in our church. You've been leaders in our community. We have seen individuals that were literally gay activists who are now husband and wife and living for the Lord Jesus and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. So don't play with this guy. I've seen God too, too, do too much. I'm a spiritual adventurer. I just want to see God set people free. I want to see the gospel of Jesus. I want to pick up my sword and I want to go against the works and the powers of darkness because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Anybody believe what I'm teaching you right now? I said armor up. Now you can take the easy way or you can take the highway. You can take the way that God has provided for you. Anybody ready to climb some cliffs with me? Anybody? I want you to dream again. I, I, look, listen, I, I don't want my young princes and princesses to disappear. I want you to watch because God is about to do something in your life. 1 Samuel 14 and 6, these final words that they said before they went to battle. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving whether by many or by few. 
Sounds a little bit like Joshua 1 and 9, doesn't it? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's the battle cry of the children of God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Anybody ready to pray? Um, I need my team to get ready. Spirit Life team is going to get ready. We're going to prepare for prayer with communion. Take first steps. How many believe in Jesus? Anybody believe in Jesus? You give your, is your life belong to the Lord? Have you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If not, right now would be a good time. I believe in Jesus. Say it. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus is the Lord. I confess that I have sinned. I give my life over to Jesus. Hey, you can say it. There's different ways of saying it. But Jesus is the Lord. Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Do you want to receive covenant with me? Do you want to receive covenant? Take the bread in your hand. Jesus said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. Take it. Bread, the body of Christ, the word of God. Broken for you. Take it and eat it and remember me. Take and eat the bread. Take the cup. The cup is what? The blood of Christ. Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant, my blood that's poured out for you. No matter what your sin is, it gets to be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. It loses its power. Anybody ever plead the blood of Jesus Christ? Anybody ever do that? Say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Take and receive the cup. Just, you can hold those cups or lay them in your seat, whatever you want to do. I want, swiftly, I want Spirit Life team to come and stand up front. Spirit Life team's coming. People that are prepared to pray with you. And these people are not just going to lay their hands on you and yell at you. They're here for you to talk to, to pray with you. Some of you have given your life to Jesus. You should make a really good confession. If you gave your life to Jesus today, please tell me about it. Tell the host team about it. Tell somebody about it. You ready? Some of you need prayer, and you need prayer right now. Some of you have been hiding for too long, and you need to confess. I've been hiding for too long. I'd love to see some of my graduates come for prayer today so we could just anoint you and pray for you and send you out of this place today. Also, those of you that might be sick or struggling in your life, the enemy just really has, seems like he has a stranglehold on you. Am I speaking to somebody right now? Like a stranglehold on your life. Today's the end of that. I want to pray with you. Father, we bless individuals in this room that have come. They're ready to receive your word. They're ready to be changed, to be transformed. Touch them, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of you, are there those that feel like you are under attack right now? You're just under attack. The enemy's trying to destroy everything. Full of anxiousness. You feel unable to fulfill anything for the kingdom of God. Such brokenness. This is in my heart right now. Where are you? Where are you? Some of you just feel, just everybody stay in prayer. Those of you who just feel like you're under a heavy attack from the enemy, wave at me. If you're anywhere in the room, you just feel like you're under a heavy attack. I'm standing with you now in the name of Jesus. Say it, even with your eyes closed, somebody say, we're standing with you. Tell them, we're standing with you. I don't want you to be isolated alone. Whatever that struggle is, I want to pray with you. Some of these people will pray with you as we conclude the service. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to open the altar to all of those who need prayer today. Something's going on in your home. Something's in your life. Perhaps you're with somebody who needs Jesus. Take them by the hand. Come on down, and they'll pray with you. I want you to start moving as we conclude the service. In fact, you can start moving right now. Just start leaving your seats. And there are those that will pray with you. Father, thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. We rebuke the enemy for the way he tries to hold people back from being set free from their powerful confession. Come, Holy Spirit. You ready? Come swiftly. Come swiftly. He says, wow. <laughs> Come on. Come on. 
I want you to pray with somebody that's nearby you. Would you do that? Find somebody nearby you, maybe take them by the hand or whatever. And I want you to pray for one another. Let me complete this service, okay? May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Pray for one another, be dismissed when you choose. Let's come out of our hole, armor up, and let's go defeat the enemy. God bless you all. Be dismissed when you choose.